Welcome. This is the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Kenny Time, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, my beautiful bride, the lovely Nika. Hello. Good morning. What kind of coffee are we drinking today? Just regular black coffee. Oh, okay. We just needed a uh, quick up. fuel. Yep. It is a special day over here, and it's a special day because, well, do you want to tell them? I think Fernando's coming back. That's right. That's what makes it special. Yay! Woo! After 536 days away from the game of baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr. is playing in a baseball game today. I even saw him get on a bus yesterday. You did. It's Arizona, right, today? Yeah, so I guess that's something interesting. San Diego buses to Arizona. That makes sense. It's not that far. It's it's literally a four-hour yeah. or less drive. Um, so that's kind of fun to know that even baseball professional players don't always fly. It's easier to just bus than fly, honestly. <laughs> it might take longer just to fly. It might. So let's see. Um, I saw... Judge Rob Otani of a homer last night. If you didn't see that, amazing. Um, and then he turned around and hit one himself. It's kind of like when you get an interception in football and then you return it all the way for a touchdown. And then there's this whole like, well, they they call it a 14-point swing because, you know, the other team was on the verge of scoring and they didn't. And then you took the ball away from them and scored. So There was also retaliation from the day before. Otani <laughs> beat up on the Yankees. True. Um, the Angels are suddenly three games out of first place because the Rangers uh, finished sweeping the Royals yesterday. And we've been warning people that the Rangers are going to be a team to look out for. And here they are. They're in first place. And they have a three-game lead over the Angels and at least the Astros. The Angels are three games out. The Astros three and a half games out. Um the other thing I saw yesterday, uh, we're going to get into a little bit later, is is uh, the Max Scherzer incident. Um, I might have some interesting feedback on that. And then we are going to talk a little bit about these home run celebrations we've been seeing because uh, there's some fun new ones going around the league and just want to make everyone aware and get them brought up to speed on that. Sure, that's a fun topic. Um, but we're going to start with Tatis and just sort of recap what's happened and where we are today so he's got suspended 563 games ago no he did not he didn't so let's that's this is why it's important i think to like recap everything that's happened for people and i want to go back to the start of the 2021 season believe it or not so at the beginning of the 2021 season i i believe that's when he signed his extension so that's when he signed his 14 year $340 million extension. Now, this is a backloaded contract, so he did not get a significant pay raise right away. He didn't go to become like a $40 million a year player or anything like right away. Um, he is making three or four million a year now, and it like scales up over time. I think he's making like five or six million dollars this year. Okay. Nevertheless, similar, so he's similar like Soto's on the back end. Well, no, because Soto doesn't have a contract yet. We we talked about this yesterday. I, I know, but you said that he gets money on the back end too. No. Okay. Yep. So let's go back to 2021, beginning of the season. He signs this extension. Then he starts having these freak 
shoulder injuries throughout the season and he's missing five or six games maybe a couple weeks and then he comes back in and he like starts hitting home runs right away and he starts playing crazy and then he slides into third base and re-injures his shoulder and this kind of starts happening throughout the 2021 season to the point where he finishes third place in MVP voting and like leads the National League in home runs and winds up missing significant amounts of games yeah. And and you can like make an argument like that if he hadn't missed those games, he would have killed it. So that was the 2021 season. 2022 starts and all of a sudden he shows up to spring training and he has a fractured wrist. And all the reports come out that he was involved in a motorcycle accident in December and maybe had more than one motorcycle accident. I don't know. There's some weird interview comments around that time period that make it seem like he was maybe involved in more than one crash, but there was definitely a a crash in the Dominican Republic in December of 2021, and this is when his wrist was believed to be fractured. Um, So he shows up with, you can't play baseball with a fractured wrist. No. (laughs) So it's like emergency surgery time. So he has surgery on the wrist, and... Meanwhile, the Padres are fighting for their life all throughout the year last year. And then he's supposed to come back in like July, August time period. They decide to mortgage their entire farm system and get Juan Soto. And and it's it's looking like they're going to get Juan Soto, Machado, and Tatis all in the same lineup right around the same time. And they're going to make a strong push. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when he was on that rehab assignment in August and and I just get this weird text message on my phone and it's breaking news. Fernando Tatis Jr. has been suspended for 80 games for violating Major League Baseball's substance abuse policy. Oh, so it was 80 games. Correct. Okay. And it was like, wow, you know, it just, it just broke my heart. Like, I, I mean, I. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I think you have to go through the five stages of denial, you know, before you. Oh, yeah. It was a huge, oh, how could this be happening thing, you know, because it was already bad enough. The wrist, the shoulder, you're already concerned about this Mm -hmm. kid, you know, and he is a kid. He's not even 25 years old yet right now. It's a kid. He was 23 years old when all this was 22, 23 when it was happening. So he is suspended for the 80 games. The Padres go on to lose in the National League Championship Series um, without arguably their most talented player. And that sort of brings us back to where we are now. Um, and and so Tatis also was not allowed to play in the World Baseball Classic. So he was not allowed to represent Team Dominican Republic. And he was allowed to play in spring training, which I was kind of unsure about, but he he did, got in a full spring training. I think there were some questions about how he was going to be after missing, you know, not, he didn't play all mm-hmm. last year. So how is he going to look? Yeah. Um, and he started very slow. He was O for his first 16. And I think, I don't know if there was any worry. He wasn't like striking out a lot. Um he was making contact. He was starting to find his swing again. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like a switch went off and and everything started clicking again um, because he wound up hitting over 400 in spring training despite that slow start. And then 
what happened is is so as part of his suspension, he is allowed fifteen minor league tune up games before he comes back. And the way the eighty game suspension worked was he basically missed all of August, September, and then every single playoff game that the Padres played in counted. So what's interesting about that is because the Padres got so deep in the playoffs is they wound up killing off a lot of his suspension. Whereas if they hadn't maybe They'd drowned in their sorrows and missed the playoffs, Fernando might not be coming back until mid-May. He owes them, in a sense, for playing those extra games last year and getting to come back earlier this year. Now, as part of his suspension, he was allowed to have these 15 minor league tune-up games So he wound up staying on with the El Paso Chihuahuas, I believe is their team name. And they are the AAA affiliate of the Padres. And and he just went off in the minor leagues. And he sort of, over the past week, has reminded everybody of the player that he was before all of this happened. Um, He hit six home runs uh, in like a five-game period, uh, including three in one game and two in another. Uh, he hit something like eight RBIs, batted over 500. You know, he just, he looked like a man among boys. And, and he is still a young player. There's 23-year-olds in the minors that still hope to make the majors someday right now. All the signs are looking good that this person might be returning as the player they once were. Yeah, I, I believe that. The signs are there. Oh, he will have to prove himself. Will he have a period of adjustment when he hits the majors? I'm not so much worried about that as as I'm just more curious how he's going to be received by people. I think before this all happened, Fernando was looked at as one of the most fun people in baseball, period. Uh, he was, maybe you could make an argument, becoming the face of baseball. Um, they put his face on the... MLB game on the MLB game on the tops products mm-hmm. you know so you could make that argument sure. he, he certainly brought a lot of card collectors back into the hobby after a long absence including myself <laughs> true but that's not why I want Tatis to do well you know I really want Tatis to do well because I felt like if he stayed healthy he would break records that people thought would never be broken there's a potential there for sure he was stealing bases before it was popular to steal bases again. Yeah. And I mean, like, it. all signs are that the Padres are going to let him loose, that there's going to be no ease-in period, there's going to be no off days. He's ready to go. He showed it in the minor leagues last week. He at least looks healthy, and now he has a healthy shoulder again. His wrist has been allowed to heal. He looks like he's having fun on the field, even at the Triple A. And so, and, and it's odd timing because that's kind of exactly what the Padres seem like they're missing right now. Even though they, they were able to squeak out a win against Atlanta yesterday, and I believe that will uh, win them the season series. Uh, and we did a little in-depth conversation on Juan Soto and his early struggles yesterday and what I was seeing at the plate. So He did have a hit yesterday. He, yeah, he did have a home run yesterday, and that was nice to see. Um, you know, I'm glad he hit it before Tatis came back. Sure. Um, and now hopefully they turn on the switch tonight. Hopefully we, I I would like to see us, you know, start to score some more runs. 
that would- this is supposed to be a high octane offense, and as as much as we've seen the signs of the potential, even since Soto got traded last year, I don't think they've ever really gotten quite comfortable with each other. And I think a lot of people think Tatis is the missing ingredient in all of this. He's going to bat lead off tonight. They're the road team. You know, Fernando's going to be the first hitter in that game tonight. I think all eyes in baseball are going to be on that at bat. Talking about pressure. I don't think he feels it either. You know, I feel like he's got a little bit of the Jordan gene or he's got like ice running through his veins and nothing gets to him. That's perfect. That's a good combination for a athlete star. You don't feel the pressure. Yeah. The spotlight is on you. The Padres over the past three months or four months of baseball, like if you go back to August of last year, August, September, October, and then, you know, April of this year, they remind me a lot of the 93-94 Chicago Bulls teams. When Jordan went and played baseball, you know, all of a sudden the star left the team. And, you know, Phil Jackson, who is this level-headed guy who is more kind of even keel with the players, and he reminds me of Bob Melvin a little bit. Bob Melvin doesn't let anything sort of phase him, whether it's good or bad. He doesn't let it show, at least, when he's talking to the media. So he reminds me of Phil Jackson in that sense. Okay. Um, They just kind of remind me of those teams that were like, you know, Scottie Pippen threw a chair, I think, or something. There was drama, you know, with those teams because all of a sudden other players were being asked to do roles that they not necessarily weren't good at, but just that they hadn't done when Jordan was there. They had to fill in somebody's shoes. All of them, maybe not one player could step up to that plate and Mm -hmm. fill those shoes. They all had to have a little part in it. It might be similar with the Padres, sure. Yeah, I'm excited. And and the last thing I want to say about Tatis before we move on is that I really hope he stays healthy. Yeah. He's been injury prone, and I don't want to ignore that just because he looks so good right now. Let's just, I guess, hope for the best on that front. It's good for baseball. All right. I want to get into a couple other things before we get out of here, but the first thing I want to talk about is Mad Max yesterday. (laughs) If you missed it, uh, Max Scherzer was ejected after an umpire checked him twice. Mm -hmm. Um, The first time he was checked, they took his mitt and apparently asked him to get a new one, and then they put him... Uh, they asked him to go and wash his hands in the tunnel or in the clubhouse and he was allowed to come back out and pitch. This happened similar to another pitcher, right, on the Marlins. Is that right? I don't remember. A few days ago. Yeah. Okay, so Max comes out, pitches another inning, and then on his way out back to the dugout, he gets checked again and they, they find more sticky stuff on his hand again. So he gets booted. He gets ejected from the game and... You know, he's sitting there arguing like, well, I didn't use anything. I just used the MLB provided rosin bag, you know, like that's it. And the ump tossed him and that was that. I was surprised that the Mets manager, Buck Showalter, you know, like very famously accuses Joe Musgrove from the Padres last year on TV of using a foreign substance while he's just dominating the Mets on the road in a playoff game. Can I just say karma is a bitch? (laughs) Well, yeah, you just you just kind of surprised that Buck Showalter didn't go off more yesterday and defend his player a little bit because Max was hot. Max was like, I did nothing wrong. You know, I'm using what's being supplied by the league. 
And this is ridiculous. That's that's what I saw from Max Scherzer's body language yesterday. That's pretty much what he said after the game. Yeah, he was really uh, pissed off at the whole situation. He's a great pitcher, so does he need extra sticky substance for his pitches? I don't know. Maybe that's what makes him great, but I don't think so. I, yeah, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's gotten where he's gotten to by using the sticky stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyways, it's going to be an interesting situation. I'm curious to see how it develops because they took the mitt. You yeah, know, they confiscated it. And there's there's a chance if they find something on it that he can be suspended for up to 10 games, which would be two starts. Well, that's right. I guess the other issue for me in this whole situation is just the umpires. And I I can't help but feel like this is just another thing that gives them power in the game. And as as much as, like, I, I'm not a Max Scherzer diehard fan or anything like that, but I feel for him yesterday because, like you said, he's a competitor. Mm-hmm. He enjoys competing, and he was competing yesterday against a team that he used to play for, the Dodgers. So I think it, it hurts a little bit more that he got booted from that game specifically. Um, and I've made this argument about the the clock and the pitching clock right now and how rigorous it is that the umpires aren't there. They're the, the fans aren't there to watch the umpires call balls and strikes or, you know, enforce a pitch clock or any of this. They're, they're there to watch the players play the game. They're there to watch Max Scherzer pitch yesterday, even if he was kicking their ass. <laughs> for sure. You, you know, that's, that's what they're there for. From all indications and everything that we know about this story right now, today, like he did nothing wrong and he should not have been ejected from that game yesterday. It'll be interesting to find out if there was anything on that glove. They should probably have results by today. They cannot hold the glove hostage for more than you know, a day or two. We'll see where it lands. I'm on Max's side with this one. And, uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't get any more suspension unless it's something on his uh on his glove exactly all right so the last thing i wanted to get into today was uh a little bit more of a fun light-hearted topic but there's been a lot of new Matt. uh well a lot of new home run celebrations that have come into the league this year and it's been a kind of an ongoing trend for the past few seasons actually to see teams get more creative and uh we saw the Blue Jays have a jacket that they like put on in the dugout to celebrate. I hate that jacket. I, I know hate you do. It. <laughs> I know you do. Such a tacky thing. I was just bringing it up I as don't... an example. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think. I I know the Angels had a cowboy hat last year. They did. They did have a cowboy hat. Yeah, and there's been a few others, but this year I feel like they stepped it up. They, people are are stepping it up. Um, so the Angels like unveiled. They have this. Uh, I'm just gonna call it like the. Uh, samurai helmet and then the mariners unveiled their poseidon trident and i'm trying to think oh the pirates the pirates have a new sword that they unsheath in the dugout and um what's another one did we did we see one more i think we did oh the red Sox have these inflatable dumbbells that's the Red Sox. What about the Viking helmet? Oh, yeah, the Reds. The Reds oh, have right. this Viking helmet. So the story behind the Viking helmet, if you don't know, with the Reds is Jake Flaherty. I think that's his name. Well, he came from the Mariners in the trade last year for Jesse Winker. 
and he is i guess he looks like a viking <laughs> at least according to his teammates so they got a viking helmet and that has kind of taken on the role of their home run celebration hat in the dugout it looks really funky it looks fun it looks funky and fun for sure so that's that's the story behind the reds though if you're if case you're wondering how the reds somehow wound up with a viking helmet Padres don't have it except the Polaroid. So but yeah, not a mascot. But I kind of like that. The Padres, what they do is they take a Polaroid in the dugout with some funky, fun pose and whatnot. But they keep these pol- Polaroids in a book yeah, throughout they, the year, and then you can purchase the book at the end. They sell it. They make it like a photo album. Nice. Um, they did that Polaroid thing where they gave it away to fans at. I think it was either during the postseason last year or it was at fan fest this year might have been this in year. january when they have like you know uh a lot of teams have their whatever pep rally for the upcoming season i guess um okay but my favorite one so far is definitely the trident in uh seattle because it's organic and it brings back a part of their old logo it's very um, city it's very fitting. It has like a Greek god overture with Poseidon. Uh, I always called it Poseidon's Trident. That's what it's called. Huh? It's all- the Mariners are sea mm-hmm. connected. So it's very fitting. It's totally fun. And, uh, you know, it was fun to see Julio Rodriguez okay. posing with. You got to imagine that's going to be happening a lot over the next, you know, 10 or 20 years. They're going to love uh, making those into baseball cards too. All these celebration poses are going to be like short prints or alternate photo stock whatever so there's more teams that they need to uh, step up their games when it comes to a mascots yeah i i like these home run celebrations i think they're like sort of camaraderie for teams and um i think every team needs to get in on it i'm, I'm looking at you chicago cubs like you need to step up your game and whatever grandpa rossi says over there Bring the goat back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Bring some goat horns or whatever. Um, So it's not a mascot. It's uh, home run celebrations because mascot is a little different. Mascot is like a team mascot that brings the fans to a rally. Yeah. Even like the 2005 White Sox, I remember. I believe A.J. Przinsky was on that team and Scott Pesednik. Um, I'm just trying to think of some of the other Paul Canerco, but... I don't remember how exactly it happened, but I think they had like the WWF wrestling belt that got handed around to one player every game. Like whoever was the player of the game got to carry the belt around with the team for the next 24 hours until the next, you know. So it wasn't for home runs. It It wasn't for home runs so much, but it, it was still like a camaraderie thing, you know, and I think this echoes back to that for me a little bit. It's like the chain that Padres had. Yeah, and I'm wondering, you brought it up and... So maybe with uh, Tatis coming back, will we see the return of the swag chain in San Diego? Maybe upgraded version of the chain. That would maybe be upgraded. Yeah. New year, new chain. All right. I think that's enough for our show today. Um, enjoy these new mascots. And if your team doesn't have a home run celebration yet, maybe you should uh, write to them and ask them what's up with that on Twitter or somewhere else where they can see it. But I encourage all... MLB teams to have some kind of home run celebration together. Absolutely. It brings the team together. All right. Well, it's getaway day for some teams today. Other teams are starting a new series. Um, 
our eyes are going to be on San Diego and Arizona tonight. That starts about 7 o'clock Pacific time, a little bit before then. Um, but wherever you are and whatever games you're watching, have a great day of baseball, and we will be back with you again tomorrow. Bye. Keep on watching. And listening. <laughs>